Who is staying on the Cincinnati Reds roster for 2023 from this 2022 team? I, I think there's some obvious players, but there's also some not so obvious ones. We're going to discuss those and we're going to take your questions here on this edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, the live edition. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside Jeff Carr, and we have a passion for baseball. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds, and we have taken that passion and turned it into information for you. On today's podcast, we are going to begin to untangle the mess that is the Reds outfield as we take a look to see who we think should stay and who should go as we begin to answer the questions surrounding this team's roster heading into 2023. And we are going to take your questions today as well because we are live on YouTube. Thanks so much for being here. All right, Jeff, I think uh, we talked about looking at this roster as we head into the offseason and trying to figure out exactly who was going to stay and who was going to go and who would still be around once spring training hits in 2023. And uh, the biggest tangle of mess is really the outfield, I think. The infield, when we get to that uh, in a, another episode, is going to be a whole lot easier to dissect. Uh, the outfield is a little complicated because, you know, there's a lot of young guys out there and, you know, I know you and I disagree on a few of, of, of the locks, so to speak. So let's start to untangle this mess. Why don't you give me your highest confidence guy that you believe will be back in the Reds outfield in 2023? This is a difficult position group to deal with, Steve. And I think that's why we wanted to start with this group, because there's no like just wow players, right? There's some guys that are interesting. There's some guys that stick out to you a little bit. And to me, it's Jake Fraley. He is the guy that I have the most confidence in returning to this lineup. I believe that he's got, unless they go out and they make a big move or something like that, I think he's got an everyday spot as of right now, which is a little bit brazen to say. I'm not going to lie. I know Nick Crawl gave the quote and it was something that we didn't really discuss on our Friday episode, but I wanted to talk about it when we talk about who's going to return because this quote is interesting to me. He said, uh, I don't know. And this is a quote from Nick crawl. I don't know if we have a, this is going to be, or this is going to absolutely be this person's position on opening day on this roster. So to him, there's not necessarily any locks, which I think there are a couple of obvious ones, but for me, for the outfield, it's Jake Fraley, 100%. And I, and I find that way he phrased that comment a little interesting, too, because I, I, I think there's some players that are locks to be on the roster, yeah. but may not necessarily be locks at the position they played at the end of 2022. And a lot of those are infielders. So that's going to be a conversation for another day. But I agree with you on Jake Fraley. I think that for a couple reasons. Reason number one is uh, he was brought over here to be a a 
a stopgap measure in the outfield. He was brought over here to be a major leaguer and play on this roster and, and fill that void that was created when Jesse Winker was sent to Seattle and knowing that the young guys weren't going to quite be ready to be the full-time players out there. Uh, in the meantime, he, you know, did that injury rehab down in Louisville and, and, you know, he's talked openly about the fact that he took that time to get, uh, his self dialed in mentally. And since he came back from that rehab stint, he has really been a productive player. And I think will be very useful on the Reds roster in 2023. I think uh, I agree with you. He's probably uh, the, the most certain to be in that outfield for his contract status, for his performance over 2022, for his uh, veteran leadership, we'll call it his clubhouse presence in that outfield group to yeah. to help bring some of these young guys along and fun fact too no red over 200 at bats this season had a higher ops than jake fraley did his ops plus i'm sorry ops plus of 118 led the team for all players with more than 200 at bats all right steve who you got who you thinking all right this is you know <laughs> These young guys, I think, really stepped up in the second half of the season and 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 played their way into being uh, being locks. And for me, and I, I know we may disagree on this a little bit, but I think Stuart Fairchild performed in a way that absolutely warrants him being on this roster next season, at least to start. Now, maybe he isn't able to maintain what he delivered over the, the second half of, of 2022, but if he continues to perform at that level, uh, he absolutely should be on this roster, and I think he's a lot to at least start there. Now, you mentioned OPS+. Plus. If we throw out all of the qualifiers, if we just take the OPS plus that was put up during their time on the major league roster, Stuart Fairchild led the team in OPS plus yeah. period, no qualifier. Uh, he was in the one forties. I want to say he was at one forty one, according to baseball reference. I scrolled my screen. Yep. He was at one forty one. <laughs> so, so he's the guy that you see throw out all of the, well, if you only take at bats that they batted left-handed with mismatched socks on Tuesday, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I no, love on you and your numbers. I, I totally hey, get where you were going with Jake Fraley, but, but Stuart Fairchild performed. That's, that's what I'm trying to say because throwing out all of the qualifiers. I mean, you would think that the answer to that question of who was the best performer would have been Tyler Stevenson, uh, his OPS plus at 130 uh, for his time on the major league roster this season, but nope, he was surpassed by Fairchild. And I don't think that people realize that. I don't think that, you know, I think it was a sneaky, quiet kind of performance from Fairchild. And I know it raised your eyebrow a little bit when I said I was going to go with him as my, you know, guaranteed to be on the roster opening day. Fairchild did it in the kind of sample size that I'm like, okay, I want to see more. I, I'm not confident I know who he is because he had a slugging percentage of 523. I got the numbers pulled up. 523 in the 86 at bats that he had. Do I think he's going to slug 500 over the course of an entire season? No, but I think he showed that he's got the kind of tangibles at the plate that make you want to see more. He at least left you wanting more. There's been plenty of guys on this roster this year that did not do that. Stuart Fairchild did that and he showed speed on the base pass. He didn't have any steals, but he was the kind of guy that would go first to third easily. He would score from second easily, like on a single or something like that. And he made hit and runs possible, something that you and I both think will be, you know, featured more without the shift 
going on in Major League Baseball in 2023. So yeah, I do want to see more of them. I, I'm interested in this because I think when we say the word lock, we say, yes, this guy is definitely going to be here. I don't think that he should be a guy that the Reds look at and say, well, because we have Stuart Fairchild, we don't need to go out and get somebody. Like, I, I believe that he should get a more extended run next year, but I don't think it should be at the expense and say, well, we have Stuart Fairchild, we're good. I'm glad you mentioned his speed because that's that's an area that we should dial in on for just a second because not only does he bring you the ability to go first to third, uh, you mentioned no stolen bases, but remember that next season, the rules are changing. Major League Baseball is putting an emphasis on bringing back the run game. The bases mm -hmm. are going to be larger. The hope is that players will attempt to steal more bases, that there'll be a little bit more electricity out there on the base paths. And Fairchild's a guy that can give you that. So I think that just lends uh, itself to one more check mark on his list of reasons that he should be on this roster come opening day. Now I hear you. It's a, it's a 38 game sample size. I get it. It's, it's not, it's not somebody we're not going to go out there and give him a, a 10 year contract extension. I understand. But with the group of people that are in camp, because you're presupposing that they're going to go out and sign somebody. Now you think <laughs> they should go sign somebody. I think they should go sign somebody, but the question of whether or not we believe they're going to go sign somebody is not as clear. So if we're taking the, the players that we've got available to us right now, which of those guys do we think stick to this roster? Well, I think Stuart Fairchild's one of them. And I did want to mention, Jeff, before we continue on through this list, we are live. If you're listening to us right now on YouTube or Twitter, thanks for being here. The comment section is open. We're going to get to your questions and comments a little bit later in the show. So drop them in. Uh, drop your questions in now. We'll have them on the list. If you've got a comment about something we're saying right now, uh, get that in there as well. I'll try and throw some of those up on the screen for our YouTube viewers as we are going through this list. All right, Jeff, who do you got next? Well, I tell you what, Steve, my next guy is the guy I thought you were going to say because I have more confidence in him making the roster than I do Stuart Fairchild, and we're going to get to him coming up here next as we kind of get into the guys who our confidence levels are a little bit more questioned. These aren't necessarily locks, although the guy that I have, I think he is a lock. We'll get into that, and if you're looking for the kind of lock when you're looking for safety on your house, you got to look at Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have switched to Simply Safe. They just provide the kind of home security that you're looking for in any home security company, let alone one that gives you the freedom that Simply Safe does. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use it. In fact, the reason that I use it is it was easy to install. I didn't have to worry about uh, scheduling a tech to come out and making sure that I was home when he came or she came and, and set everything up for me. Simply Safe sets sends you the equipment. They send you the instructions and the instructions are easy to understand because as you guys know, sometimes I'm a little bit small brained when it comes to stuff like this and they help you out because it's super customizable. There's not a situation where you have to purchase things that you don't need in order to get certain things that you don't want. Thinking of like, you know, cable packages where you got to get a bunch of like finance things just to get a bunch of sports pack. No, 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 no. Simply safe will sell you exactly what you need for your house. Plus the system integrates well into your home 
And it's not something that like, oh, you got this bulky box over on the wall that you just hope people don't look that direction. This fits in nicely and it doesn't mess up the feng shui of your interior design. Plus it can move with you. If you happen to move to a new home, you can just remove the elements safely from the wall without worrying about damaging stuff and take them to your new place. You can customize the perfect safety system for your home today in just a few minutes. Go to simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB, and you can save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and you get your first month for free. That's a lot of good stuff there. You go to simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Coming up tomorrow, we will continue to look at who stays on this roster from last year to next year, because as Nick crawl has said in multiple different ways and to multiple different people, um, they're going to try to improve the roster. But I think you and I both know Steve, that that means if a player falls in their lap, that's when he's going to show up in Cincinnati. They're not going to go out and go crazy trying to sign guys. So it's all about who can stay on this roster. And we've been talking about guys who are locks, guys who are higher confidence in the outfield, a very interesting position group when it comes to performance. We saw some ups and downs, a lot more downs than ups. But there was a guy that I thought you mentioned before you got to Stuart Fairchild, and that's TJ Friedel. TJ Friedel has shown to me to have the potential to be part of this team whenever it is a playoff team again. I'm not necessarily sure if that's as a starter, but as a fourth outfield type guy, I think he has shown the ability. He's got some pop. He can be a little bit streaky with the pop. It can kind of disappear sometimes, but he has shown to be the kind of guy that they were, you know, comfortable with putting in the leadoff spot at different points during this season and overall his performances. I, I know that you want to see an uptick in the on-base percentage, but his OPS plus was over a hundred. Well, his OPS plus was barely over a hundred. Let's, <laughs> let's not, let's not get carried away. He was 1% above league average with an OPS plus of one Oh one. Here's the thing. And, and here's why I actually put him just a tick below Stuart Fairchild is and mostly because Fairchild intrigues me a little bit more. Um, mm. You know, with TJ Friedel, we had a pretty decent sample size with him. He played in 72 games compared to Stuart Fairchild's 38. Now, uh, Stuart Fairchild, I feel like in those 38 games, outproduced what TJ Friedel brought to the plate pun intended uh, in those <laughs> in those 72 games so for me if if you are looking for that fourth outfielder and that may be what we're doing uh, again i don't have high confidence they'll go out and sign somebody but they might uh, if we're talking about that fourth outfielder you know i i want a guy that you know can can bring a little thunder when you put him in the lineup and i feel like maybe Stuart fairchild has a little bit more ability to disrupt the opposing pitcher and do some things, whether it's at the plate or on the base pass or, you know, being able to be use him as a defensive replacement or a pinch runner. You know, I, I take all of those things into account and think I would much rather have Fairchild on the roster than be locked in on Friedel. Now that's not to say that I don't want Friedel around. And I think as we get further into this list, uh, you'll see that I think maybe uh, both of these guys are going to be around because some of the other names that we're going to get to, I'm not as confident about. And uh, how was that for a segue? 
Yeah, that's um, that's a good segue because yeah, w- when you look at T.J. Friedel, I think he and Stuart Fairchild compare very well. I think Fairchild is a better fielder, so I'll give you that. I feel way more confident if Stuart Fairchild has to play center field than if T.J. Friedel has to play center field. Friedel took some weird routes to some fly balls that I can remember there, especially later on in the season. But um, let me ask you this, Steve: Who has more triples? Oh my goodness! I'll have to look it up, sir. And you probably Friedel. only ask me because it's T.J. Friedel. T.J. Friedel, Friedel had five triples, look ladies and gentlemen, five, five of them. And uh, yeah, that's more. If you need a triple, you get T.J. Friedel. Well, you know, five times, seventy-two <laughs> games. There you go. He's locked in. I see. Who you and we are live, Jeff. Don't forget, we are live on YouTube right now. We want your questions. We want your comments. Drop them in for us. We're coming up uh, on uh, Q and A potpourri time, so uh, we'll talk about anything you guys want to talk about within reason. Disclaimer, asterisk. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about as much of the things as you guys want to talk about as we can. So get those questions and comments into the feed. Uh, we'll be getting to those in just a few minutes. All right, Jeff. I think we go now with the guys that we're not as certain uh, will be here next year. And uh, some of the names on this list are a little surprising. Uh, I'll, I'll let you lead off the discussion on that. Yeah, and it's very obvious. There's a name that we have not mentioned. He was. The promised son. He was the guy who was going to lead the Reds back to the promised land. And he is now no longer a guy that I think is a lock for this roster. In fact, he's probably at the near the top of my list for a non-tender candidate. And that is Nick Senzel. And I don't necessarily know that non-tender is the way to go with him, but if the Reds have an opportunity to go out and get somebody that they could bring in and make this roster a little bit more stable, that's not Nixon Zell. It's going to be Mr. Outside Hire. And I did see as well, Bobby Nightingale had posted, I think it was from Spot Track officially, the projected arbitration numbers for different guys who are in their arbitration years. Nixon Zell is due to make $2.2 million, at least, you know, in the um, estimated category. So I look at him and I say, he's a maybe for me. Plus, I know what we don't know about Nixon Zell, and we don't know that he's going to be a productive member of this team whenever it's good again. Everything you said is correct, but I, for them to, for them to just non tender him, I don't see that happening. Uh, and he also has no trade value. So if they, if they Mm -hmm. tender that contract, he's gonna, he's gonna be around. I really feel like given the, the current, uh, thinness we'll call it in the outfield the fact that a lot of the youngsters aren't quite ready yet uh, i see senzel making this team now you know i didn't put him on my lock list either because you know stranger things have happened he could get be included in a ch- change of scenery deal uh, that the reds may, may or may not do right. this offseason but for them to just outright cut him loose i don't see it uh for me, you know, he, as you mentioned, was the, was the promised one. He was the, the one that was going to be a, a superstar forever. What he does still bring to the table when healthy is the ability to play multiple positions. He plays great defense at all of those positions. Uh, when he's in the lineup, if you stick him down there, six, seven, eight, nine, somewhere in that range, he can be a valuable hitter at times. So I think at the very least, he's going to start the season on the active roster you know what would be great is if he goes out and has a tremendous first half is playing well uh and you can flip him for something as the the youngsters begin to move up and need those uh those spots to play in when matt mcclain takes over in center field 
way too early prediction, way too early question. Do you think he plays more in the outfield or more in the infield? Because it felt like they were setting him up for a utility. I, I think he's going to be the super utility. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think they have the stones to make Kyle Farmer the super utility like they should. I think he's going to get a position. So, you know, as as we talk about that quote from Nick Crawl, you know, guys may not necessarily be in their positions, you right. know, versus being on the roster. I think that could be uh, directly pointed at Nick Senzel. I, I fully see him as being the backup for Jonathan India, the backup for whoever is playing shortstop, the backup for whoever is playing third base and the backup at all three outfield positions. That's going to get Nick Senzel a lot of playing time. I mean, listen, uh, new baseball, modern baseball, that's not necessarily a bad thing to be a right. super utility. You're still basically a full time position player. You're just playing at a different spot throughout the week. And I think that says a lot about Nick Senzel's athletic ability. Uh, if he can be healthy and deliver in that role and provide a little bit of offense along the way as well, it could make him valuable again. It, a different kind of valuable than we thought he was going to be, but still valuable. Right. I definitely think the prophecy was misread when it came to, you know, the one that would bring balance to the force. I think it's Ellie De La Cruz. It's not going to be Nick Senzel, but he still could provide value in some other areas. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Another guy that showed up with a lot of promise, uh, in fact, a month's worth of promise, and may have used up his entire career's worth of promise in that month, but that is Aristides Aquino, who, (sighs) beyond all reason, (laughs) is still on this roster and is still getting a significant amount of playing time on this team. Uh, you know, you talked about arbitration numbers. If you if you look at uh, Aristides Aquino's projected arbitration number is one point six million dollars. Now, that's not that's not a super huge amount of money, I guess. Um, for you and me, it is. For Bobby Castellini, he'll sell a couple more or cantaloupes, and he'll be able to pay that. But <laughs> I don't know, Jeff. I I feel like the Aristides Aquino experiment should be over. And yet there were moments just just this guy just continues. It's like my golf game. It's horrible all of the time. But there's usually like one drive. There's one good swing that brings me back again. And and that's really my descriptor for Aristides Aquino. He's bad all of the time, but he has one or two good swings that just make you think, wait a minute. And then we get to that whole thing where Eric Davis and Barry Larkin called him out publicly on a television broadcast. And then Mm -hmm. he began to change things after that. And he looked different at the plate different enough that I maybe want to see him in spring training and see what the off season does for him. I I don't know, Jeff, I don't know what to do with him. He really is confounding to me. See when it comes to Aristides Aquino, I know what I think about him. He makes you want to drink, doesn't he? I, I love him. No, I promise this is a Pepsi. Um, <laughs> that was well-timed can opening, Jeffrey. <laughs> I I love him as a fan. I, I, I love watching him play. It maddens. It, it just absolutely drives me crazy when he strikes out. So, yeah, I've been pretty insane this year. Well, and but if, if, talk I, about his arm, though. Talk about yeah, that defense. The defense, the fielding. What he can do, and when he's on the base pass, not a lot, but when he's on the base pass, he's actually pretty fast. He, he uses those long legs to his advantage. The thing of it is, and, and 
credit to friend of the podcast, Lance McAllister, for this quote. He is the barometer. He is the measuring stick for this roster because the Reds roster needs to be good enough that it can no longer rely on him because right now it's not good enough to do that. And I think that's where we were with Nick Senzel. They're not good enough to get rid of them. I don't know that it's good enough to get rid of Aristides Aquino because I don't know that there's a better outfield defender on this roster. I, I think that his range, his arm, his glove, everything that he does on defense, you almost have to excuse for the lack of production at the plate. And I know that it's weird to say that the Reds have a defense first corner outfielder, but when he does get a hold of the ball, it does go far. It's just he doesn't get a hold of the ball very much. So what we know about Aristides Aquino is he's not going to be a part of this team whenever it's a playoff team again, but they're not going to be a playoff team in 2023. Now, I'm not saying he's a lock, but I think that he is almost even on our confidence level. Like, okay, if we've got locks of Jake Fraley, uh, Stuart Fairchild, and TJ Friedel, the level below that of maybe is Nixon Zell and Aristides Aquino. No, uh, absolutely. And we've reached the point in the roster now, now that we've got Aquino in the conversation, yep. everything after Aquino is a whole lot of youth movement. It's a whole lot of these young guys, and, and we question whether or not they're going to make it. We can question who's actually going to be listed as an outfielder by the time they reach Cincinnati, all of those kind of things. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into your questions and comments. We're going to talk about all of those things coming up right after this if you're not following us on twitter you are definitely missing out and we're missing out because we want you to follow us we want that interaction you can follow jeff and i both on twitter we're on there a lot you can follow me at s offenbaker that's with two f's you can follow jeff at jeff Carr. that's jeff with three f's because as i've always told you spelling is hard for him you can also follow the show at locked on reds make sure you are subscribed to us both in the audio feed and on youtube if you're watching us on youtube live right now thank you so much we appreciate you being here uh, make sure you have not only clicked the subscribe button down below but you click that notification bell as well so that when we go live like this when we put extra stuff uh, you always are notified and you never ever miss it all right jeff let's dive back into this and then we're going to get into the the comment section over here there's a couple good ones uh with the youth movement you know we didn't talk about any of those guys because we really tried to dial this in on who's going to be locks that's probably one of the reasons why neither one of us keyed in at all on mike siani i don't yeah. think we got enough of a look at him to know anything about him really i mean you know i think it was good for him to get a taste at the big league level that was necessitated by uh another nick senzel injury and mm -hmm. another in a long line <laughs> yeah. of nick senzel injuries didn't even mention but, that when we talked about right no that yeah. was that was necessitated <laughs> by you know that lat that late season injury to Sinzel. So good for good for Siani getting a look. Good for him, yeah. you know, getting a little bit of exposure to what it's like to be a major leaguer. Now hopefully he works his butt off in the offseason and tries to to find a way to stick. Will he? Won't he? I have no idea. I don't think we saw remotely enough about him. There's other guys in the conversation. Uh, you know, we've talked about Matt McClain being an outfielder on the big league level. We hoped that that was the reason for his Arizona Fall League appearance. Um, he's been playing some infield in the Arizona Fall League. So playing a lot uh, of shortstop. You know, yep. And a lot <laughs> of shortstop out there. So maybe that conversation is out the window. Absolutely. And I think that is exactly where we're going to end today. Thank you so much for joining us for this edition of the Locked on Reds podcast. Coming up tomorrow, we talked about the outfield today. 
we'll talk about the infield. And there's, yes, roster locks, but I don't think there's position locks, including one dude who has some hardware. We're going to get into that on tomorrow's edition of the podcast. Now go check out Locked On MLB. As Paul Francis Sullivan has you covered on all things postseason, he did have a great Monday. Mondays with Millard on Locked On MLB as they looked at the crazy wild card round. Go check it out. That's Locked On MLB. Just like Locked On Reds, it's free and available on all platforms, including right here on YouTube. Steve, uh, Nick Crawl isn't sure uh, where anybody's going to play or who's going to be on this roster or if there's even going to be baseball next year, but I'm sure that there will be. I just don't know that Nick Crawl knows that. But I know this. We've got lots to talk about when it comes to the future of this franchise because it's promising. So what's that mean for you and me? That means you and I are going to be very busy because we are going to break this mess down. We are going to make it make sense because we are going to be locked on Reds every single day.